Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, fervorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic in the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. With all that out of the way, enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self, and please pray for us. God bless. Sister Cindy Moss is a daughter of Mary, Help of Christians, more commonly known as the Salesian Sisters of St. John Bosco, and currently lives in San Antonio, Texas, where she is the vocation director and coordinator of the Sisters Lay Volunteer Program, in which young adults serve with the Salesians around the world. Sister Cindy is from Arizona and has also been a middle school teacher and parish youth minister. She loves to play sports, music, travel, and accompany young people on their journey to heaven. I really try to avoid. As soon as I have the faintest headache, I take Advil right away. Um, yeah, I, I love Easter. Lent is hard. Uh, right after Christmas, I got excited because the altar cloths, they went to green. And I got excited for the first time ever, like, oh, that means Lent is coming. I was not excited for Lent. I was excited because I knew Easter was right after Lent. Um, so suffering is, is something I think a lot of us probably don't see as a gift. Um, but I want to share how it has become a gift. And, and honestly, it, tonight, I don't like talking about myself, but I'm going to talk about myself tonight. And that makes me very vulnerable. So um, here we go. The gift of suffering, actually, I think of it that way a large part because of a quote from your patroness. Saint Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, this is one of my favorite quotes of hers. Pain, sorrow, suffering are but the kiss of Jesus, a sign that you have come so close to him that he can kiss you. Pain, sorrow, and suffering are a sign you have come so close to Jesus that he can kiss you. What a beautiful gift. Have you thought about suffering that way before? You're so close to Jesus that he can kiss you. So that, that is a great gift. And going along with that, I want to share, um, Emily's going to be helping me throughout this talk. In the past few months, uh, a song that has become a theme song for me I don't know if anyone has heard it, but it's called Lean Back by Capital City Music. We're going to be using it tonight. So if you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it tonight. And the refrain is very powerful for me, and I'll show you, show you why in a second here. But the refrain says, lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father. Breathe deep and know that he is good. He's a love like no other. And so as I go through some experiences tonight with you, um, that's a thought I want to to really share with you. That idea of that suffering allows us to lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father. Like, it's just there's nothing else we can do but allow ourselves to lean back in those arms, to breathe deep and know that he is good. He's a love like no other. And when I heard that song, it, it confirmed what I'd been feeling this past year. About a year ago, just exactly a year ago, January 29th, my dad passed away. He had cancer and had been sick for two years, brain cancer. And I was able to actually spend his whole last year of his life, I took care of him. 
So it was a beautiful gift as being a consecrated religious, not having my own family to support. The sisters allowed me to go home to Arizona for a year and take care of my dad. I was always daddy's little girl, so it was a real gift to be there with him, especially because I hadn't been at home for about 20 years. I'd not been living there. So um, he passed away just a year ago. And after he passed away and looking through pictures, I found this picture and I wish I had found it earlier in life. I'm like, how come no one ever showed me this picture? I'd never seen a baby picture of my dad holding me. And when I found this picture, um, it, it just really made me feel like, you know, that's, that's God. You know, I'm, I'm resting in, in the hands of, of my father who is holding on to me. And, and hopefully you have that. You're either your mom or your dad or a grandparent or somebody that you just always felt safe in their embrace. And, and that was my dad, you know, just this big, strong man. And when I saw this picture, I'm just like, wow, oh my gosh, like that's me being held, not just in my, my biological father's hands, but in God the Father's hands. And so then when I heard this song, Lean Back in the, the Loving Arms of a Beautiful Father, I'm like, wow, oh, that is so good. So as we go through this evening, we're going to just sing that refrain. And if you don't know it, hopefully by the end, you'll know the refrain. Go ahead, Emily. So as we go through this evening, that's what my invitation is for you, is that in those moments of suffering, pain, sorrow, whatever it may be, we can just lean back and know that our loving Father is holding us, is embracing us. Uh, so I share with you a first experience uh, in high school. So my junior year of high school, my youth group, we would go on mission trips down to Mexico, because Phoenix to Mexico is like a four-hour drive. It's super close. And so my junior year was the first time we went down there. And it, it changed my life. It opened my eyes to just see the reality of how the rest of the world lives and gave me this great desire in my heart, like, this is what I want to do. These kids, like, had nothing, but they were so happy. I'm like, I want that. I want that happiness. And so I told the guy at the orphanage where we were, I said, can I stay here? And he said, well, you need to go to college and then come back and see me. I'm like, oh, because that was like six years away. So anyway, senior year, we went back to the same place and another very powerful experience, but for a very different reason. Uh, we had been traveling from an orphanage we were helping out at back to where we were staying. And we had like six minivans that we'd caravan down from Phoenix with. And so we were on this little two-lane highway going back to where we were staying. And we were passing a car in front of us, a van I was in, and 
there's an oncoming car heading right at us. And so the guy driving swerves at the last minute, so we avoid a head-on collision. But it was the car lost control. And so we rolled several times. Um, a few of the people were pretty seriously injured, and one of the young men was, he died on the scene. He was one of the youth leaders. He was 25 years old. And so I remember sitting there, I was in the front passenger seat and just asking. Literally, I said out loud, like, am I going to die? Um, and it was really my first experience of like something traumatic, like losing someone. I'd known a few people who had passed away, but never super close. Um, so it was really hard. That was my senior year of high school, spring break. <laughs> so imagine the rest of senior year of high school, all those activities. It was just, everything was a blur. Um, and so what I, what I want to share with you, though, the blessing from this experience is the power of community. The, scene, my, the summer after my senior year of high school was the best summer of my life because there was a group of us who none of us were working <laughs> and we would just go to mass at eight o'clock in the morning, hang out outside of the church for like an hour afterwards and figure out like, okay, whose house are we going to today and to hang out. That's all we did that whole summer was hang out. And it was just amazing. And it was because that's what we needed for that healing because we had experienced such a tragedy and traumatic loss and just asking like, God, but why? Why did this happen? You know, we were doing something good. And so in that community, we were able to find that, that, that sense of purpose. And what I want you to take from is surround yourself with a supportive community because in those moments when we are totally broken, so I, I literally felt like I was this clay jar that had been broken and all the water had drained out. And it took a, a while until like, I could just feel again. Um, and so if it hadn't been for that community, the supportive faith community, I don't know how I would have gone through that because there was no feeling of God's presence in that time. And it was the support of the community and their prayers that accompanied me in that. So make sure to always have that supportive community because there are going to be times, and maybe it's not something extremely tragic or traumatic like that. There are everyday suffering, simple pains, and challenges we go through. There's going to be times when you cannot pray, and you have no desire to pray. And if it is not for the support of a community around you, it's going to be very hard to get through those times. So surround yourselves with that community that is going to carry you and pray with and for you in those moments that you cannot. I will lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father breathe deep and know that he is good he's a love like no other so sometimes there's going to be experiences that cause us suffering that are brought on from an outside influence, and sometimes they come from our own doing. So something like an accident or sickness, you know, we have no control over that. But then there's times in our lives where we make decisions that do bring us much pain and, and suffering. And so fast forward, you know, to college, 
very normal college experience. I went to Arizona State University, go Sun Devils. Um, huge secular institute, probably like 70,000 students. But it was, it was in my hometown and um, I had a full ride scholarship, so why not? Uh, so it, it was good, I had a very good experience. I loved college, actually I loved college. High school, I'm like, oh, could have finished that a few years early. But college was a great experience, so I hope you guys are all loving college also. Um, and I continued to help with the youth group at my parish. I, I was at the Newman Center for about a year and then decided, oh, I miss youth ministry, so I went back to my parish for youth ministry. But definitely went through a time of a few years of just, you know, the normal college experience. Hopefully not your normal college experience. Can I get this into your all very holy and well-grounded people here? Um, but definitely had a few years of being, living a very hypocritical life, of having a regular college experience, and then going and serving the youth group. And it wasn't good. Um, I don't regret anything. It wasn't a wholly pure time of life, but uh, it was a good experience of growth. Let's just put it that way. But it took a very long time to see that growth. And so what I want to invite you to is in those moments when suffering and sorrow is brought upon us because of our own sinful decisions, don't stay there. It is so easy to stay in the tomb of sadness and despair. It's so easy, it's so easy to throw a pity party for ourselves. Woe is me, why did this happen? Why did I do this? The only person joining that party with you is the devil and he's celebrating with you. Yes, feel that way, yeah, you're a terrible person, you made a mistake. Jesus does not want us to stay in that tomb of darkness and despair and pain and suffering because of the decisions we have made. No. Jesus is ready as that loving father embraced the prodigal son who came running home. That's Jesus. So when you find yourself in those moments of darkness, of pain and sorrow because of your own life decisions, and hopefully, like I said, none of you have made life decisions as such, that you might someday, um, don't stay in that. Because Jesus does not want you to stay in the tomb. I know that we're in Lent and we cannot say the A word. But as you already know, we are an Easter people and hallelujah is our song. So even in the midst of Lent, that's what we're preparing for. How many days is Lent? And how many days is Easter? See, we're an Easter people. That's amazing. So Jesus does not want us to stay in the tomb. He rose from the dead, he conquered death, and he gives us new life. So when you find yourself in those moments, leave the tomb and fall into those loving arms of our beautiful Father. in the loving arms of a beautiful father breathe deep and know that he is good he's a love like no other And the third story I want to share is 
uh, fast forward after college, and I did a AmeriCorps program. I don't know if anyone's familiar with AmeriCorps, but it's a program where you can serve with different nonprofits, and they give you an educational stipend to be able to either pay off school loans or to pay for school in the future. There's a lot of really cool AmeriCorps programs. So this one I did actually was with the Franciscans, the Capuchin Franciscans in Washington, DC. So I was more or less kind of a social worker and working with immigrants from Central America. Um, but being in Washington, DC just met this amazing young adult Catholic community and stayed for a couple years after college. Um, and since that time in high school, my junior year of high school, when I first went to Mexico, I always had this desire to go to another country and live for a while and volunteer. But when I graduated college, I didn't really feel like the time was right to leave the country. So when I graduated, I found this AmeriCorps program with the Franciscans in DC and just felt like, all right, I think that's the right thing to do. So I went out there and had a wonderful experience. Um, and this isn't part of my talk tonight, but that's where I first meet religious sisters, is in DC. And it opened my eyes to the possibility of becoming a sister. I'd never thought about it before. This was never part of my plan, but it was for him. So here I am. Uh, but it's in DC that I meet sisters for the first time. So I'm living out there, and one day I got a phone call from a very good friend of mine. We had met because we studied abroad in Spain together for a semester. Um, so Stephanie, was just this like super cheerful, bubbly person, you know, laughing all the time. Life is always good. And when I was, when we were in Spain, we went, I, well, I was going to the Catholic church. Uh, she was not Catholic. And another friend of mine was Catholic, but not practicing. So I invited them to come join the choir of all things. So I love music. I love I can play piano and guitar, but I don't really sing so well. So I joined the choir because that's what all the young adults were doing at this parish. I'm like, ah, I want to hang out with like local young adults in Spain. So I joined the choir and I invited these two friends. So Stephanie starts coming and gets involved there with the people. When we come back to the United States, she decides to get baptized, not Catholic, but baptized in some non-denominational Christian church. And she is just on fire. She's so excited living this new life of faith. And after we graduate, we decide to go travel in Europe for five weeks, just go backpacking. Um, and, and she's all on fire with her newfound faith. And I'm super embarrassed because there we are like in the hostels and she's doing this Bible study every night. I'm like, oh my gosh, like Stephanie, put it away. If you stayed in hostels, like you're in this big dormitory like with other people. And yeah, I'm just like, yeah, that's not cool. Um, so Stephanie was great. So we, we travel around together and everything and um, come back home, whatnot. Now I'm living in DC. So one day I get a phone call from Stephanie. I'm walking home from work. And she, I can remember exactly where I am because I just stopped dead in my tracks. And she says, my dad committed suicide. I'm like, oh, wow, oh my gosh. Um, Stephanie had been planning for about a year and a half to go to Africa. She had wanted to be a missionary, found a mission program, was saving up money, it took a year and a half to save up money, and she was gonna leave in two weeks for Africa uh, when her dad died, took his life. And she said, I'm not gonna go. In his note, he said, you know, he still wants me to go, but I can't go, I need to stay here with my mom and sister. I'm like, yeah, definitely. Um, so Stephanie stays home, and then around March or so, she's going to church one day, and she falls on her way in and she hits her leg on the curb and breaks her leg. <laughs> so now her leg is in a straight cast. Um, and then the end of March, get a phone call that a blood clot went to her heart and she died and she was 25. 
And it just left me again, like, oh my gosh, okay. What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Um, Stephanie, just with such this desire to go to the missions and serve, and that had been my desire since junior year of high school, and here I am, like three years out of college already. And it was just this wake-up call, like, what am I doing with my life? And it, it then was that impetus I needed to look for a volunteer program um, to go on mission, and that's actually how I found the one that we have, the Salesian Sisters have, and I ended up in El Salvador. And it's funny because like the two weeks of the training before I left for El Salvador, I was kind of like, am I supposed to be going? Like, what am I doing? What, I'm going to El Salvador for a year? That's kind of crazy. And one day during the orientation, I was outside in the parking lot talking to a, a friend on the phone, just kind of like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Like I already had a plane ticket to go to El Salvador a week later. And I'm like, I don't know if this is right. And as I'm talking to him on the phone, I look across the street and, and the little side street just outside of where we're staying, the name of that side street is Stephanie. I'm like, wow. Like, okay, I'm in the right place. Um, so for me, the invitation is, when we find ourselves in those moments, the pain, sorrow, suffering, woe is me, go outside of yourself. Um, to serve other people is a huge way to heal. Because one, sometimes we recognize, like, my life isn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, but two, it just it takes the focus off of ourselves. Again, it's so easy to have that pity party when all I'm thinking about is me, me, and me. And so when we're able to give ourselves in service to others, we're able to do what Christ wants us to do, to love and to serve and not just focus on ourselves. So if you find yourself just kind of wondering, like, what am I doing? What is the purpose of all this? Check and see, maybe. Is there, a, is there some way, and maybe it doesn't mean you have to, like, actually run some program, but get involved some way that you're helping and, and loving others so that way that focus is not just on yourself and you can bring that love of our Father to other people. I will lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father breathe deep and know that he is good he's a love like no other i will lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father breathe deep and know that he is good he's a love like no other so to wrap things up just why is suffering a gift because it allows us to be kissed by Jesus. It allows us to rest in the arms of Christ. That sometimes is when we're stripped of everything else, like that's when we can allow ourselves to just really depend on, on God and be held and carried by him. But I think a last invitation just so important for you is you have to allow yourself to feel and grieve and process 
There's going to be some things that are going to take weeks, months, years to work through, but you have to allow yourself to do that because there's, there's too many people who are old and have unresolved issues and they are not happy. Don't become one of those people. <laughs> allow yourself the time you need to heal, but also don't overdo it, okay? At some point, we do need to move on. And those things never, like, you never forget all those things, but they won't still have that emotional hold on you. It's like Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he still had the marks of the nails in his hands, his side, and his feet. But they didn't hurt him anymore, but they were still there as a reminder. So whatever happens, we're still going to, it's still who we are but eventually they won't have that emotional hold on us. So make sure you have somebody sitting in that community who's going to support you, even if it's just one person who you can really confide in. Make sure that you leave the tomb. Don't stay in the tomb. And make sure that you are looking outward at others. It's not just all about you. How can you serve and love others? And just allow yourself to rest in God's arms and experience suffering as a gift. So thank you very much, and I, I invite you tonight as we adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament to just really allow yourself to rest in his arms um, and ask him in whatever way, if there's anything that you do need healing for, to just, that that can start, that process can start, and that you'll be okay being vulnerable, but allow him to carry you. Thank you.